I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with The Jewish Journal. Let's say you're an adrenaline junkie. There's tons of extreme activities out there that will get your heart pounding to whatever level your heart desires. You can bungee jump off a bridge, swim with sharks in the open sea, or jump out of a plane without a parachute. Or you can take the lesser known route and go to a U.S. college campus wearing a Star of David or an IDF t-shirt. Careful, it's not for the weak of heart. Being pro-Israel on American campuses has become a real struggle. The hostility towards Israel and its supporters is palpable. And as Palestinian propaganda manages to conquer the hearts of American students, the Jewish student unions work around the clock to spread the truth. From the front line of the battlefield, we have with us today Ophir Dayan. Ophir studies at Columbia University in New York, and she's the head of SSI, which stands for Students Supporting Israel. She's now visiting Israel, and she joins us to talk about what's going on on U.S. campuses and maybe what can be done about it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So where do we start? What's the most appalling thing someone has ever said to you? Wow, um, <laughs> that's, that, that's a rough contest. Um, but Israel about me, I mean, um, I think it's, it goes hand in hand. I think the most repulsive thing I've ever been told is that I'm a Nazi by... Um, sounds quite, sounds I love that one. It's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah All-time he, favorite. He's been there. Yeah. yeah. Um, by, I assume he is a 70 to an 80-year-old man with his granddaughter who goes to Colombia. Um, she, uh, while being a member of one of the anti-Israel movements on campus, she felt bad for me uh, being called out by her grandfather and she tried to tell him to stop and when I told him you know what like this is not okay to call a Jew a Nazi um, my my ancestors were murdered in the Holocaust he told me you know what I don't see the difference between Nazi Germany and Israel what's the difference um, your prime minister Bibi's um, building these concentration camps and like gassing all these poor Palestinians in that moment you know you understand that you have no one to talk to um, you try to get a little bit of reason into that person, but you know, it's just screaming. It's hopeless. You it's think hopeless. It, it, is it really? I mean, there's no well, speak like there's no. I don't know when you question the no, falsehoods that well, they're talking. Well, with most people you can talk to, I always like to say that there are approximately ten to twenty percent really hate Israel on college campuses. Then there are like about ten percent of people who are. Um, very pro-Israel. Unfortunately, most of them are not very vocal about it. And then you have around 70-80% of the students who, you know, they are not really aware of the situation here. Um, they don't really care. And you know what? We like to think the world revolves around Israel, but it doesn't. And for 80% of these students, it doesn't really affect their lives. Um, they are students who are from, from China, from India, from the United States, who really have better things to worry about. But unfortunately, in the American political climate, they will have to weigh in on this subject at some point. So what's the kind of main goal of SSI and, and student bodies, yeah. student unions, sorry, not student bodies, <laughs> student unions like that? Is it to kind of get the hearts of those 80% or are yeah. you going after the 20? Look, I the 20% the already hate us. It, it doesn't matter what I'm going to say. They will say we're apartheid. They will say that we're baby killers and murderers and Nazis and, and whatnot. 
Um, but these 80% of the students, these are the people that we really have to get to before the anti-Israel movements get to them. Um, when they will have to weigh in on this subject, we want them to be as informed as possible um, and as educated as possible. And if they can be as educated and as knowledgeable about how we see this issue, even better. Um, and there are many ways to do that. It could be um, programming that we put on campus, we bring speakers, we do uh, what we call Hebrew Liberation Week. Um, twice a year, each semester, we have a week where we put on huge displays around campus explaining about Israel, about the Jewish people, the connection between the Jewish people and the land of Israel, about the diversity, the different communities in Israel, both Jewish and non-Jewish. But um, in the end of the day, how many people show up to these events as opposed to the amount of people that are standing outside holding signs and protesting and yelling? Well, it depends on the event. Um, I can't say that every single one of our event has a huge turnout. That's unfortunately not the case. Um, and unfortunately, in many occasions, the anti-Israel movements have a bigger turnout than we do. Um, but, uh, for example, Hebrew Liberation Week, when we stand on campus, it gets people to speak to us. Even if they don't necessarily agree with Israel or don't see eye to eye, at least they talk to us. And the first step in this process is them seeing us Israelis as human, as people with valid opinions. We can disagree on, on certain issues, but they see on you know the core issues we are good people, that we want peace, that we want to talk to them, and we have legitimate views. Um, and, and this is the first step. Uh, what we started doing last year, and I thought was, was a very, very good step that we took, is we collaborated with um, another organization, Maccabee Task Force, and we sent a delegation of 20 student leaders to Israel, mm -hmm. non-Jewish student leaders who have never been to Israel. Um, so they are leaders of political and ethnic clubs on campus, for example, from the Native American Council, from the American Military Veterans Association, uh, people who have a wide reach, mm -hmm. who have influence on campus. And they came here for a week for the spring break. And they saw what Israel is all about. And now they're coming back. And then on Hebrew Liberation Week, one of them just stood there for the entire week with us. She's a Native American student. And she stood there and she told people who argued us, she said, you know what? I can speak about indigenous rights. I'm an indigenous individual. I'm a Native American. And I can tell you that the Jewish story with the land of Israel is exactly like me and my tribe in our land. Was it Nancy Pelosi? No, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren? The oh. one... <laughs> <laughs> the one, one, one thousand thousand yeah. fourth <laughs> Pocahontas or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was non-PC of you to say yeah. Pocahontas. Why? She's, it's a, a, right? she's a Native American uh, character. Let's just say he quoted Trump. It's okay. fine. <laughs> it's not his statement. But so. yeah, but, but, but w in a time where identity politics is so, so important on college campuses... Having these people on our side understanding and being able to compare their story to our story is is really one of the most important things that we have on campus. But where, where does the hatred come from in the first place um, with those people? Okay, so I feel like in many cases it's just ignorance. Um, let, let me tell you a story. You, come, you are an 18-year-old American kid. 
you come on your first day at Columbia University and you meet people who tell you, you know what, there's this country far away, it's named Israel, um, they prefer Jews to any other race or ethnicity, and they ethnically cleanse Palestinians, and they're apartheid, and there's two um, systems, one ruling Jews and one ruling all others. And you know what? I don't know if I wouldn't say, you know what, that's just cause. Let's fight that. And these people come on campus and they believe that without seeing any proof. But they have they're being told that they're going to be the next social justice warriors and they go for it. But there's 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 some responsibility there. I mean, I I think you're cutting yourself too much uh, like slack slack by saying that you would you would go for it because. You know, we we check things and we well, make sure about all, things before we. Well, first of all, unfortunately, not all of us. Um, and second of all, these are most some of the people that are in these movements. But the leaders of the movements are people who genuinely believe that there is an injustice being done here, and that Israel is truly the bad guy in the story, and they truly believe that. And sometimes they also have you know misinformation, or they lie on purpose. I don't know. Um, but some of these people, they... Yeah, you don't think that's that's my, I guess, m- my question. And I, I feel like maybe, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you don't think that that's the crux of the matter is that people are, are doing this deliberately? Like... Some of them, the leaders are. Um, I want to be, you know, give the benefit on the, of the doubt to the people who are just members of these organizations or just support them without being members um, and say, you know, maybe they are not fully aware that they are being lied to. Mm-hmm. Um, but in so many cases, they are. So it's not like they're anti-Semites from home and then they see a chance to well, to some of them are, whitewash like, or I don't know. Some, some of the leaders are. Okay. No, I'm not, um, for, forget the leaders. Oh, let's talk about the, 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 the regular soldiers. Joe yeah 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 i i really don't think they're bad people i think they are genuinely most of them i don't know all of them but most of them i think they're just people who truly believe they're doing the right thing they're fighting for the cause of our lifetime and but could you say that on many people throughout history yes and many of these people were wrong but i don't see i don't i I mean okay first of all i've um I've never been on a college campus, and this—I mean, I've been he's on never college. Never been to college. I've never <laughs> been in an in an educational institution. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I've never been on a college campus in the United States in this scenario. I mean, I've been in college campus. I grew up in the U.S., but I was never—I never, I never yeah. encountered this. But I have a like I, I've seen videos of people. You know, there's tons of videos mm-hmm. on the on the web of people confronting these kind of people on campuses, yeah. and there's a sense that these people are not entirely stable well these are the leaders the people who are confronting about i'm talking about when they walk around with a camera and they just talk to like random Mm -hmm. protesters that are there not just in Mm -hmm. but there's a sense what i'm saying is and i and i wonder if there's any truth to this but i get a sense that these people are the type of people that are looking for these causes to fight because there's something not good hundred you know, percent. I don't know if there is something not good about them, but you not know, that they're bad people. N- I don't think they're bad people. I think that um, on many college campuses, 
I know, you know, firsthand in Colombia, that being socially and politically active is very much encouraged by the faculty, by the professors, by the administration. Only they, if it's for one side, though. Yeah, and they feel like they have to find this cause to fight for because if they want to go to law school and, you know, their law school admissions officer would see that they were not involved in any political activity, they would be like, you know what, maybe I'm not going to take this person um so yeah i think that many of them feel like it's a part genuine part of their schoolwork to be politically active and unfortunately on campuses like columbia and other campuses um on the east and west coast being um pro-palestinian which is which is fine um but being anti-israel is not but being anti-israel became this cause that you know it's just like if you do that you're you're good you're good how I mean, you, you say that being socially and politically active is encouraged, but mm -hmm. how complicit is the university in this specific narrative? Like, how complicit are they in pushing the anti-Israel? That's a very good question. Um, it differs. Some universities are better. Some universities are worse. Unfortunately, Colombia is one of the worst in that sense. Uh, we encountered many cases of explicit anti-Semitism. Um, for, for example? E for example, um, last uh, apartheid week, unfortunately, we have that once a year. Um, Students for Justice in Palestine and Jewish Voice for Peace distributed a flyer to promote their week um, in which you see an Israeli soldier with horns. Okay, just a random example. And we went to the administration and said, you know what, like a Jew with horns, that's not a legitimate poster. Like, you have to do something about it. Nothing. Um, we have, for example, and, and it's not just a student. Let's go to the faculty. We have a professor. I'm going to shame him publicly because he deserves it. Cool. Uh, <laughs> professor yes. Hamid Abashi is a professor from an Iranian descent. Um, and he, for example, wrote on his uh, Facebook page a few months ago that um, behind every treacherous, ugly act in the world, you can find the word Israel. And then he wrote and he attached a picture of Jared Kushner to that beautiful sentence. And um, a, few, a month ago, he wrote um, that the only difference between Israel and ISIS is that Israel has an army of columnists in the New York Times. Um, and when we go in to the New York Times, yeah. has he yeah. read the so New York I, Times? I, you know, if you would say like Fox News, I would say, OK, fine, maybe. But like the New York Times, um, yeah, he's very radical. And we went to um, to the university. We talk to them about it and you know they say you know what that's freedom of speech that's fine um and when students see that a tenured professor can say something like that and you know walk out with zero consequences the university doesn't care when the university host Mahmoud Ahmadinejad well he was still the president of Iran and he walks on stage and says there are no gay people in Iran and the university says fine like you know no response they hosted um, it what, what what year was this um 2008 um what? colombia has a world um you know global this? leaders forum i heard i knew he was in uh in cambridge i don't really yeah, remember he, the quote he was invited to colombia um in 2008 as a part of the um, global leaders forum colombia has um and and the president of colombia you know introduced him and said you know he's a horrible person he's a dictator whatever but when this person goes on stage and says you know there are no gays in iran nobody says okay now get off the stage or maybe we shouldn't invite this person wait Just he introduced him as like a horrible yeah. person 
What? Um, yeah. The president <laughs> of Colombia is a whole Big different issue. Big applause to a horrible person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you invite him. The president yeah. of Colombia is a First Amendment lawyer, so this is okay. what he does. It's very important to him. But isn't um, free speech, uh, like, wh- where is the boundary of uh, free yeah. speech? That's the, the big question here. Like, people, I know the people like uh, Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro and all these guys, they're, they would fight for freedom of speech no matter yeah. what, even well, in these Columbia cases. Columbia University is a private organization, yeah. right? Yeah, so it's not, yeah, since Columbia is a private organization, it, it's not, it doesn't have to comply with the First Amendment. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like the, the fact of the matter is that the First Amendment is only given to one side of the story, Colombia. Uh, when and I'm not condoning any of this, but when the Republican uh, club on campus hosted a white supremacist, he was taken off stage violently by students, and the students suffered no consequences. On the other hand, um, when um, Adamir, which calls for um, freeing all the political prisoners, which are people who are convicted with murder of citizens, um, you know, come to Colombia, there is zero response from the administration. Yeah. I mean, if you held like a screening of Birth of a Nation, they would shut it down. <laughs> yes. Like they wouldn't let that happen. But I, I do, though, think that there's it's I mean, it's it's interesting because I do think in the general public, like in, in public settings, if someone holds a sign with a Jew with horns on it, I would. Ra- I think the idea of Germany outlawing Nazi symbols and you know the Nazi movement, or even calling someone—it's ridiculous. Is ridiculous. So it's better mm-hmm. to see these people. You know why not have them in the light of day? But the question of whether or not a private organization should monitor speech is a good one. Well, and if it's a private organization, you have the the freedom to not to go and study there. Yeah. Theoretically, yes, but you have to remember that a university has the obligation to protect the students. That's also a part of of the role of the university, especially, for example, uh, when we met with the vice president for student life, that's her role, to protect the students. But the question is protect physically, absolutely. I mean, violence is definitely not condoned and not okay, and I don't think they would allow, you know, people... I don't know. Maybe. I hope But I hope that they wouldn't allow people to lynch Jews, but... There's a difference between that and protecting you against like I don't see it as protecting if they were to stop the kid with the picture of the Jews in the horn. Oh, I'm not saying like stop him. I'm saying take down the flyers. Um, so that's my question: is the, like you or SSI? I don't know if you can speak for SSI if you want you're to. The head, she's the head of it. Yeah, yeah. I can. No, I know. I'm saying I don't know if you want to, but you feel as if the private organization that is Columbia University should monitor free speech. Well, to a certain extent, Um, if they would just say, you know, Israel is ethnically cleansing Palestinians, that's a lie, but they are allowed to say it. Um, Once it crosses to anti-Semitism, we are on a whole different level and a whole different issue. And then Colombia should reconsider its, um, you know, freedom of speech policy. Did they ever do something that you said now they did the right thing? Ever, ever, or never? <laughs> well, I'll have to think about that. Um, in our case, unfortunately, <laughs> <So> no. <laughs> no. Um, we have been through a lot with the Colombia administration. We, a year ago, filed a 13 pages complaint against SJP um, for violating What's Columbia, um, Students for Justice in Palestine. Um, oh. And we filed uh, a complaint, 13 pages. Um, about how they broke university protocols, um, tearing down our flyers, interrupting events, etc. Um, something completely, you know, 
how they broke the rules, not something political, not ideological, nothing like that. Um, everything backed with videos, um, pictures, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, the university chose to just ignore it. So when I look at the university and say, are you protecting me as a student? The answer is no. Um, when I ask and when I ask the, the students that I'm in charge of at SSI, do you feel safe and do you think the university would protect you if something happens, even physical? The answer is in most cases, no. Ah, really? Physical? Yeah. I'll give you an example. When we met um, the vice president for student life and I asked her, you know what? If at some point it gets physical, like, you know, you can't say you, we never told you it's going to get to that point. So, she, what, like, her response was, well, keep public safety on your speed dial. When that's the university response, students really can't be So they never safe provide protection, guards, anything like that? No, in your uh, we, had, we had a protest that um, was protesting um, the white supremacists, nothing to do with us. And we, when we walked by the circle, that's and started chanting. And like the whole situation was like very intense and very scary. And we were five people surrounded by 70 people chanting and screaming. And, you know, university police were there and the NYPD was there and no one... E- they, no, they just didn't do anything. So I don't think my students um, feel safe knowing that, you know, in future reference, okay, I have it on speed dial, but they were standing right there and doing nothing. So why but would was, it be different? Was something happening? Was there violence happening? Well, there were um, 70 people just like in a circle. We were standing in the middle, five people, and all like screaming and chanting at us, like things about Israel and about us personally. Um, and we couldn't get out. <laughs> we just couldn't get out. Uh, mm-hmm. We needed to, to walk out of the building and it just like circled us. It can um, be traumatizing. Um, well, I feel like maybe for the younger students, um, you know, I, I started college at 23, so I'm in a You're mentally... You're an IDF grade. Yeah, yeah, I was an officer in the IDF. I, I yes, arrived sir. there at, at 23. You no know Krav Maga. <laughs> Not really, um, but, um, but but my situation is very different. But when I think of students who are 18 and they just, you know, want to do what they believe in and they encounter these situations, it could be very traumatizing. I know that many people don't, you know, many people who are pro-Israel are not vocal about that because they don't want to suffer the consequences, not just um, physical and, and verbal violence, but they don't want to lose friends because it's not cool to be pro-Israel anymore. Um, they want to have their friends and being woke and progressive and like anti-Israel is what's cool on campus right now. Right. God, um, I hate that word, woke. I know, me too. It's like what, not what, the right grammatical what does it mean? Like waking to the woke? truth? Yeah. yeah. It means like, like, yeah, like socially active. Like hyper-progressive. And, yeah. Oh, God. Like woke, like I'm I'm attuned to microaggressions. <laughs> that exactly, exactly. That's okay. what it means. I, I one thing that uh, caught my ear. You said Jews for peace. Yeah. So yeah. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a yeah. Jewish Voice for Peace Jewish, is yeah. a national organization. Uh huh. In the United States. Jews. Yeah. Um. So it's there. it's a bit like if not now and all these organizations who are um on the far left of American politics, um they, at least at Columbia and I know in many other campuses are, you know, kind of working under Students for Justice in Palestine. They're like the you know, we have a Jews who are not anti-Semites. 
that kind of people um they are on the very far left of american politics and 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 they are um obviously anti-zionists but it's more than that they call you know palestine from the river to the sea they are advocating for the complete elimination of the state of israel um so what's their story um so (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately many of them came from zionist households many of them went to jewish day schools um and some of them just want to um you know feel like they're doing the right thing and they're not like their parents and whatnot yeah, um, i think that's they listened yeah, to rage against the machine yeah. and they never got over it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, maybe they're too young for that i don't know um i don't know the yeah the current <laughs> like parallel of rage against um, the machine yeah i don't know listen to avril lavigne or something yeah. i don't know um, <laughs> they're but, too young for that too <laughs> oh my god that's me okay fine um but you know many of them i you know it's sad but i think a lot of this can be attributed to a failure of the jewish the established jewish communities in the u.s because when they speak with their kids about israel um, before coming to college ever since they're young what they're being told you know you have the western wall and you have camels and you have ways and drip irrigation and cherry tomatoes and all these wonderful things and then they come to, co- to college campus and they see apartheid and they see ethnic cleansing and then you know like I always like to say, it's like someone would tell you, you you know, you beat your wife and then you tell him, yeah, but like, how cute is my kid? You know, we're not addressing the real issue. They're not telling their kids, okay, if someone says you're in a, Israel is in apartheid, this is what you should say because it's factually not true. They're just mm-hmm. saying cherry tomatoes and you can pour, you know, trackloads of cherry tomatoes on an apartheid wall. It doesn't go away. You have to know how to combat that. How does one combat that? Well, it's a very good question with facts. Um, unfortunately, facts don't matter as much today on college campuses and, and, you know, on this side of the U.S. There is an occupation, though, right? Um, you acknowledge well, that. Well, to a certain extent, um, it's actually the, the, the term... The army rules the, term the territories. Is, the, the term is disputed territories. Yeah, but the army um, does rule. Yeah, the army does there rule is, these territories. Yeah. I don't think anyone disputes that. Okay. Um, you can see that on the ground, but apartheid is a completely different thing. No, but yeah. there's also there's a governing body, the Palestinian Authority, yeah, but yeah. which it's, doesn't it's, happen in it's most one step occupations. Under, but they, they apply to the army. But when yeah. they say Israel is an apartheid, they don't necessarily speak about Judea and Samaria. There's, they're... Yeah referring to israel and when you look at israel you see supreme court judges who are you know self-defined palestinians they mostly do talk unfortunately about not today unfortunately not today um, well those who know their shit well unfortunately again about no um unfortunately if you looked at college campuses 10 years ago you could say that today on college campuses they're not speaking about they're um, quoting a quote that, that from a quote that, that someone yeah heard 10 years um ago. but it's not just that i think college campuses especially the liberal ones are so radicalized that they're no longer even referring to judea and samaria they're referring to everything to the entire land um and when they call from the river to the sea it's the jordan river to the sea right. it's not about judea and samaria it's about everything um and when they you know, they one of their chants is we don't want to stay, we want forty eight. They don't they're not referring to Judea and Samaria. They're not referring to where I live in the Samaria. They're referring to here where I mean, you live like, in Tel Aviv. They're literally saying Yeah, it. they're saying we don't <laughs> like, want to stay, we want forty eight. Yeah. Um and long live the Intifada and all these wonderful chants. You gotta give it up to them for the 
the copyright. Yeah, yeah, the they're lyrics. really good. They're good. By the way, in in the propaganda arena, we you know, suck. We suck. We are not doing it well, and and that refers exactly to the point we spoke about earlier. We are speaking about cherry tomatoes and drip irrigation while they're speaking of ethnic cleansing. Right. And in Israel, they just invested a huge amount of money in a campaign, anti BDS campaign. In Hebrew, uh, yeah. Yeah. for Israelis. A bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. On one hand, yeah. When I first look at it, looked at it, I was like, okay, why is it in Hebrew? But uh, when you actually think about it, I'll tell you my story. At Columbia, I get at least once a semester an Israeli professor coming to speak and advocate BDS on our campus. They... Professors who teach in Hebrew in Tel Aviv University who are hosted by these movements and by the Center for Palestine Studies at Columbia. Um, and they are hosted to speak about BDS and why Israelis support BDS. So I wouldn't say this campaign is completely unnecessary. Um, I, am, I am aware that they can change the minds of these professors who are already supporting BDS, but they can change the minds of their institutions who fund these trips. Um, so while I do think this campaign should be mostly in English or Spanish or whatever, uh, wherever you want to, we, we want to run it, but Hebrew Arabic is also necessary. Be cool. Yeah, I no, agree. that would be useless. <laughs> well, on. I don't necessarily agree. See what happens now with Bahrain and now, um, the foreign minister is in, in Abu Saudi Dhabi. Arabia. Yeah, money. I don't really think they're ever going to love Jews and... Oh, Hug us and it's not about loving us. It's about understanding that we're here to stay and we're strong and they need us. It's, yeah, that's a, it's a that, game but that's of exactly interest. what I'm saying. It's a different campaign. Yeah. That's just staying here and being yeah, strong. But, yeah, but not if like once them, Qatar was completely funding the Institute of Palestine Studies at Columbia, you perhaps can assume that in 20 years from now, they would no longer have the interest to do that. And mm, it directly that's affects... That's very optimistic. Well, assume... And yeah. perhaps <laughs> both of them in the sentence. What's the numbers we're dealing with here in, in Cambridge, for example? So how many people in your organization and how That's many people question. in the anti-Israeli? Okay, so th the entire like concept of members and organizations on college campuses is very vague. Um, with us, we are approximately like 70 people. Um, with them, it's the same amount however uh what they do have and we don't is that they have their coalition columbia university apartheid divest uh, coad which consists of 16 different groups um on campus some of them uh, the strongest uh, student groups on campus like black lives matter um asian groups queer groups stuff like that uh, which are signatories to their um apartheid um, petition mm -hmm. um, and these groups although not official members of their organizations are supporting them in everything they do they come to their events they support them on apartheid week they table with them when needed um, and when BDS comes to student government they are signatories to that um, yeah. petition you can't help but like I hate because it's so militant the whole uh, term social justice warrior but like it's what they are. It's like they're ready they to fight for yeah. any cause that's just like rebellious. and yes. uh, exactly. It's uh, it's frustrating. I'll give them the credit that they do think they're doing something right. And this I don't, is, think, I don't, I don't agree with you on yeah. that. I really Some don't think. I think they're ignoring the issues they have at home. <laughs> at home meaning either at home or with themselves mm -hmm. or at their own 
you know, they're whatever bored. their personal problems. No, I don't think it's they're bored. They they there's we all have deep issues and we don't want to confront them. So we we distract ourselves. Some do podcasts. Some yeah. do podcasts and some <laughs> some uh, and some, some protests. Jews on yeah. I, I don't think that they're they so get think po- they're doing we, the right they, thing. We should help these guys get a podcast and yeah. then oh, I'll definitely yeah, great idea. I definitely suggest that. <laughs> give Just the spread their message yeah. a little more. <laughs> um, Just give them a microphone. So to sum it up, they are plenty and you are a few, basically. Um, I would say I would say. Um, I would say, yeah, um, yeah, we are fewer. Um, there are a lot of pro-Israel students on campus. We have a huge Hillel, which is like Center for Jewish Life. And, for, and, and most of the people there support Israel to a certain extent. Um, but these people are silent. Um, right. If all these people were vocal, you would have, you know, by far more pro-Israel students than anti-Israel students. But these people are maybe afraid to to voice their opinions about israel or you know just are not as passionate um but yeah have you ever had a uh, a convert like do you guys have you guys ever managed to convince one of the uh jews um, maybe <laughs> no, yeah. Well, either, yeah one of the anti-israeli jews or one of the other you know uh, it's a good question so um i yes we had a few um but I think the most interesting stories are people who are not completely convinced, but like the people who come not just like, you know, don't like Israel, the people who hate Israel. And then you go through a process with them. I, um, on one of the apartheid weeks, um, and when we do our display, our Hebrew liberation week, when they have their apartheid week, um, a, a person from a Middle Eastern country walked up to me and started cursing me and i said you know what um if you want to talk about this let's talk like cursing is not going to solve anything let's talk and we talked for i think 45 minutes and then he have to, had to leave for class and he said um can i have your email and we'll correspond and he emailed me a few days later with um an hour and a half video of miko Pelled, which is an Israeli. His father was uh, a general in the IDF, and he is an extremely anti-Israel um, advocate. And he makes, you know, some horrible claims. And I, you know, I answered the email. Um, I watched the entire hour and a half Cl- of claims the claims. Like what, for example? Exactly what they're making, like apartheid, ethnic cleansing, and like my father was a general, so I know what he did, um, and all that kind of claims. And you know, the famous I famous pilot. His yeah, father, yeah, right? yeah. Pellet, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, and I watched an hour and a half, and I sent him. I think it was like a two thousand words email, like addressing like each of the claims he made. Um, and we like you know emailed back and forth a little. Um, and then we took a class together. And I'm not gonna say that he likes Israel now. I don't think that's the case. But the fact that he is now considering me a friend and he introduced me to his friends which are also very anti-israel and we're getting coffee sometimes and he sees me as a human being with legitimate views although he might disagree with some of them and he knows me Ophir, i'm not a murderer um i think that's one step forward and i really like that phase that in between phase that you can help people realize that their views are in most cases, way, way harsh than they should be. So you're optimistic or pessimistic? Um, I don't think it's going to get better. Um, I think 
college campuses are only getting more and more extreme. Um, I am optimistic about, you know, Jewish and non-Jewish student leaders who are very dedicated to this cause. Um, my organization is not a Jewish organization, so we have many non-Jews with us advocating for Israel. And when I see them, you know, I'm very, very optimistic. Um, but what, I do like believe evangelist Christians. No, no. no? Um, we have on my board. I have. Uh, I had a person who's from an Iranian descent, a Muslim. Now I have huh. a, a girl who's um, Peruvian, uh, and a person, a student who is um, from a country that doesn't even recognize Israel. Um, I suppose there's not too many evangelist Christians in Colombia. Uh, no, it's not a thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like one. Definitely not a thing. Uh, is that I think PC to say. I think what? there was one, and it was kicked out or something. <laughs> you're you're obsessed with PC lately. I don't want to offend or evangelist. Uh, the, uh, no, it's just they don't go to They're Colombia. Great people, they just don't go to Colombia. Unfortunately, well, we need you. They should. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm very optimistic when I th- see these people. But can, can you? You're wearing Star of David. Um, I yeah. wonder if you can go like that. I wear it in Colombia as well. In um, Colombia, outside. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm not gonna say that it's not. Like people look at it, it's not an, a yeah. common <laughs> look. Um, um, I even had one instance where I was talking to one of my friends in Hebrew, and you know, people just heard us and started screaming like, "Sanis, get out of the building." Uh, stuff what? like that so like hearing hebrew and like stuff like that is not very common <laughs> and people react to it plus um, in the next uh you know uh in the next um uh, college shooting it's an easy, easy target yeah they can you recognize wear, me like yeah you were across far um yeah but you know like it's <laughs> only too get- dark no it's fine i'm like i'm fully aware <laughs> I mean, that it's, it's gonna happen at some <laughs> point was, it's funny because i was actually thinking about it logically i was like well really if like, someone comes into a college <laughs> looking to shoot they're not gonna look for the necklace type. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even think about they're it they're gonna look for the jews though are they I feel like if you go for a school shooting, and this is They're what this is what really bothers me is that I'm thinking about it so logically. <laughs> if I were to, yeah, like you, I feel like you're probably just shooting whoever you see. Um, so you're as so we didn't really. So you're like pessimist when well, it comes to the colleges, but optimist. Yeah, realist. I'm very optimistic um, when it comes to the people advocating for Israel. I don't think it's gonna get and well, it it is gonna get better um, in the future just not the near future um like you know i, I kind of look at it as a cycle and you know we're like maybe like 85 percent crazy right now and at some point you know it has to go back to being normal um because and- I, from the outside perspective it sounds like this like if you assuming you're not you're an american and you're a jew and you're not a self-loathing jew i wonder what do you have to look for in these places that loathe you that's right? a good question. But most people, first of all... They um, don't want you there. Yeah, they don't. Uh, most so people, you know... Get they, the hell out of there, right? Unfortunately, you know, a lot of the people there, their Judaism is not their number one priority or not even, like, how they define themselves. They're, first of all, Americans. Okay, but I'm saying in like, general. Whatever. In yeah. general, people what do Jews have to look for in good these education, places? Ivy League school. Um... I came there because I knew it's, you know, it's harsh and, and they hate Israel and I felt that I could make a difference. Um, and some of the people do feel that and some others are just, you know, we're going to not talk about it this much. We're not going to be active in the pro-Israel yeah, world. We're going to be a little obedient Jews. Yeah, um, a lot of them are. And, and you know what? I can't blame them. 
Um, I don't know. It's pretty pathetic, though. I completely disagree with, you know, the tactic of just not doing anything. Colombia has an apartheid week, I feel like, maybe 10 years now. And it only been countered since Students Supporting Israel, you know, started on campus. Until then, we had Jewish and, and pro-Israel organizations that just, you know, their tactic was like hide in the Hillel building, like close the door and like wait until it passes. And and for me, this view is it's just horrible. You know, it's anti-Semitism. It's just it doesn't go away. You have to fight it. Um, but most of these people, you know, they they want to live their lives, get good education from an Ivy League school and, you know, just move on. And if it means that for the next four years, they're not going to talk about Israel, they don't talk about Israel. Unfortunately, that's some sad, pathetic shit. I agree. Right there. I, but I, I think you, you're overlooking the fact that most American Jews just don't. Yeah, like she said, she, they don't have that identity. I mean, Judaism is not their their Jewish identity is but not. Neither a core do German part. Jews. Okay. No, Look they. Uh, I don't. Right. Know. They also thought like that's the thing until you know someone forces you to confront your Jewish identity. But that's what's going on yeah. there essentially. History repeats itself. Um, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to have another Holocaust. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that if we just allow this to escalate without fighting it, it's not going to get better. Um, it's only going to get worse. And it's our job to, to do something about it as young Jews and non-Jews who care about doing you know, what's right and, and fighting for what's right. Um, we have to do it. And unfortunately, you know, many of the, of the Jewish students... You know, are not there yet. So, uh, people who want to join, uh, is there SSI in other yes, campuses? Yes, so it's a national movement, international now. We have 50 chapters, mainly in the U.S., um, but two in Canada, and we're now opening in Israel also, trying. Really? Yeah, so... Uh, I guess, yeah, I never I guess thought about needed. that, but yeah, it is. <laughs> it is, um, yeah. It is needed. You can needed. start in the like, we studied, yeah. <laughs> we University. film school. And there you would show up to class about film history and essentially listen to half an hour of anti-BB yeah, um, propaganda <laughs> I mean, instead of studying I mean, yeah, that's why, you know, our national woman decided that we really need that. Um, so if so anyone do, wants to yeah. join, uh, first of all, we have our website, studentsupportingisrael.org, I think. Just Google Student Supporting Israel. Uh, or you can reach out to me on Facebook, Ophir Dayan. You're on uh, Twitter. And on Twitter, uh, mostly Hebrew, but you can still reach out. Um, but does Student Supporting Israel have a Twitter? Well, yes. Oh. Not very active, but we also have a very active Facebook page. So okay. there is and better. Do you guys, uh, like specifically your Colombian uh, uh, branch, uh, do you need donations? Do well, you accept always donations? We do. How um, can people donate? So you ca- there is a donate button in the Student Supporting Israel Nationals webpage. Uh, you can just go there. It says a blue donate and you can choose. Uh, you can click it. You, it's a global uh, donation. Yeah. Or? So yeah, and if you want to donate to a specific chapter, you just reach out to this chapter, okay. and we just you know we tell our national movement that. It's, and that money that goes straight to. Yeah, of fighting. course, we're a grassroots movement, so all the people are students. Besides, well, even the national president is a master student, so everyone's a student. Um, so it goes directly to what we're doing. Right. Um, buying materials, flyers, whatever. Um, this is what. Uh, it goes towards sounds like a nice cause i agree uh so do it do it <laughs> pull your wallets out <laughs> okay 
Uh, anything else we need to plug before we wrap things no, up? No, it was right? fun. Okay, so uh, we collaborate with the Jewish Journal at jewishjournal.com and you can go and check out their website. They have podcasts, articles, and whatnot. They're on Facebook and they're awesome. So go to jewishjournal.com. And? And we do this on our free time, so we also accept donations. But... Today, you should donate all your money to SSI. <laughs> but only to. But if you want to, after you donate all your money, if you have some more money left over <laughs> that you want to donate to us, 2njb.com slash donate. So thank you so much. Thanks so much thank for, for coming. Enjoy me. your visit. Thank you. And good luck. And whenever you're in New York, sure. you come. Thanks. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>